This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, your host, Mike Fusco. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. We're on another episode of the Team Business Podcast. This is Team Business number 39. I have a real special guest with me today. This one is a personal, one of my personal favorites, a good buddy of mine from the industry who has really helped me along and can't say enough good things about Tommy Gaffney. Tommy, thanks for joining, man. Hey, Mike. Great to see you, man. Love you, bro. Glad to have you on, brother. It's about time, man. Tommy's a busy guy, man. I've, I've asked him probably. How many times do you think I've asked? I don't know. A few, right? Maybe. Yeah. You know what's funny, too, is we could throw a Frisbee to each other's <laughs> office. I mean, we're so busy and we're in Frisbee throwing this distance. It's just, you know, it's a good problem to have, right? It is, man. And I know I know you've been working hard and uh, you've been doing some great stuff, man. And I like to follow you along on LinkedIn. And uh, Tommy, for those that uh, that don't know, Tommy is the vice president of national sales at Evolved Benefits. Uh, as he said, he's local here in San Diego, has been in the benefits industry for quite some time, uh, works with brokers. So for all of you guys listening that are brokers and want to learn about an awesome market and, and a way that you can add additional value to your clients, Tommy's the guy you want to you'll want to reach out to and listen to. So Tommy, tell us a little bit, man, about your position. Tell us what you do and... Uh, Tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Um, well, yeah, uh, appreciate it. My name is Tommy Gaffney. I'm the VP of National Sales for Evolved Benefits. And what we are is a, well, you could consider us a specialty GA. We're in-house for the MEC product that we offer. And, and for those that don't know what MEC is, it's called Minimum Essential Coverage. For those of you that do know what MEC is, uh, if you've had a bad experience with MEC back in the 2014 era, uh, I get it. Uh, everybody did. They were almost kind of presented as snake oil in certain ways. But, you know, th these particular solutions have evolved since then, hence our name, Evolved Benefits. Um, we've done a great job of not only evolving the way these, these plan designs are put together, um, but what we do is we just always have the end user in mind. We understand that there is multiple industries. There's, there's, there's about 18 to 20 industries out there that have just the way their, their companies are made up. They just have multitudes of part-time variable hour seasonal employees that cannot afford a major medical plan. But of course we all agree that everyone deserves affordable access to quality care. It's just, you know, for the salary reason and maybe the company's budget, a lot of folks just don't have the budget on both sides to make something happen. Unfortunately, here in the US, there's this thing called employer mandates. And a lot of these companies have 50 or more full-time employees or what's considered full-time equivalents, and they find themselves out of compliance. You know, hopefully it's the broker that finds them out of compliance so we can have the conversation, get out ahead of it, and um, implement a solution that works for everybody. But you know, most of the time, unfortunately, um, a, a company, one of these companies finds out they're out of compliance because they get a letter from the IRS that's called a 226J letter. And there's a big fat number in bold 
and it's usually in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's and it's a it's a penalty they have to pay for not offering a certain level of coverage or you know even proving that they offered it. So um, yeah, that you know we we do a really good job, I believe, of adding value to brokers. I mean, I hate using cliches, but you know the old adage, an arrow in your quiver. You know, we really do represent a solid arrow in your quiver. And um, I was just telling Mike before before we started recording here, you know, I think on multiple occasions, I've tripled and 4X the commission that a broker is currently making on a group um, just because we figured out how to cast a net over the entire population of employees instead of only having the seven to 10 core employees on the major medical plan and leaving the other hundred and you know, 87 folks with nothing, we were able to educate and implement something that worked for everybody. And what that does for the brokers is first and foremost, it makes them more valuable to their groups. Um, it really does help all those folks that couldn't get quality access to care, get that access to care. Um, and of course, you know, we're all here. We're not nonprofits. We're here to grow our business because the more successful we can be, the more resources we can bring on and reinvest and bring them back out and add even more value to our current clients and, you know, bring more value to our new clients that we're looking to um, win. And so it just, it, it's all good. It's a real good cycle. Um, you know, we're, we're here in, in full servitude. And I think the attitude should always be focusing on the end user. You know, the employee experience, none of us get paid until an employee fills out an application, selects the plan that they want and signs their name on the dotted line. Right. At the end of the day, that's what gets everybody paid. And that's what keeps this whole thing going. Well, you got to be able to bring value um, to these folks and communicate. And again, consider the end user and speak their language, understand the experience they're going to have with the health plan, get to know what that experience is at their level. And then you just reverse engineer everything from there. And you should be looked at as, you know, the broker that that group admires. They shouldn't really want to look anywhere else. Yeah, man. And, and you know, if something I got to say, I get to jump in here. Tommy brings excellent value to his broker. I mean, he has you have like 25,000 followers on LinkedIn now, man. I mean. And I think what Tommy does real well, and this is speaking from experience, he educates brokers so that brokers can in turn educate their client base, like Tommy was just talking about. I mean, a lot of people probably don't even know about minimal, minimum, minimum essential coverage plans or MEC plans. Uh, they probably don't know about you know, ACA rules and, and laws and regulations for larger groups or even 50 plus, right? Which isn't even that real, really that large of a group. So yeah, if you're not following Tommy on LinkedIn, look him up, Tommy Gaffney. I'll put some information on this blog post uh, regarding his contact info, but he brings a lot of great value. So thanks for that, man. I, I enjoy watching you and all the great things you do on LinkedIn. Tell me a little something, man. Tell me a little something about Tommy. What, what's your favorite time of the day? Because I think I know the answer, but I, I want to ask you. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, you you might know the answer. Uh, my favorite time of the day is 4 a.m., um, I, I'm in this thing, you know, I don't think I made it up, but I call it the 4 a.m. club. Uh, you know, I believe in having solid daily habits. I believe in having a blocked calendar. You know, I, I learned, you know, very recently that it's better to just delete everything that you do. Start from scratch and ask yourself this question with every block of time in your calendar. What's the most important thing I can do in this block of time that if I do this one thing, everything else will take care of itself. And so for me, 
You know, I, I, I said this a little earlier about being in servitude. Um, I'm here to serve everybody. When you see me on LinkedIn, I'm not on there for me. I don't need the gold star. I'm on there for you. I promise. I, I do all the research and all the studying I do for you. But here's the thing. In order for me to be available for you, I need to love myself first. I need to make sure that Tommy's healthy. I need to make sure that Tommy's vibing real high. I need to make sure that Tommy's in the game and Tommy's on point. So Tommy wakes up at 3.30 a.m. I'm in the gym at 4. You know, when you blend in, you know, your your warm-up, your shower, when you're done on the freeway, I'm probably in the office by about 7 a.m. And that's around the time I hook up the cameras and, you know, I, I do all my LinkedIn marketing. And of course, it's in prior days before that I'm doing all the research to, to get the content together and I get all my marketing done. And um, when I have that done, it's not even 9 a.m. yet. And at that point, I am ready to be a maximum service to everybody. And of course, my calendar is still blocked out. There's stuff I do, but, you know, it, it's reaching out, making the calls, you know, following up, making new introductions. It, you know, as Michael mentioned, I'm, I'm heavy on LinkedIn. And if you're an employee benefit advisor and you're not heavy on LinkedIn, let me let me hip you with some truth. <laughs> the industrial age <laughs> is over. You need to embrace the information and technology age. LinkedIn is a platform that should leave you not ever saying, I don't have any leads. You know, um, I, I come from the major medical world and here's what I know. I already know renewals are coming in flat. So I already know that when you go to approach a group, they have an incumbent broker, okay? And then they got a single digit renewal this time and you know, your value prop fell flat and once again, you're told. And so it takes the wind out of your sales, you know, for prospecting and whatnot. But you know, when you're on a platform like LinkedIn and you understand how to use the tools like LinkedIn Sales Navigator and you understand how to use the filters, um, that's step one. Then when you get your ideal clients in front of you on there, I think the name of the game is blocking out your calendar and coming up with a cadence to where you can develop a relationship with these people. I mean, it's wide open on there. I mean, gosh, there's even a new feature on there, Mike. I don't know if you've seen it. Right from LinkedIn, from your phone, you can launch a meeting with somebody. Yeah, seen it. I mean, God, how much easier do they need to make it? I know, <laughs> man. Talk about a cool platform, huh? Yeah, but you know, to answer your question, 4 a.m. is my favorite time of the Tommy's day. Tommy's a 4 a.m. guy, man. And uh, so let me ask you. And I'm married with kids, by the way, yeah. so don't use that as an excuse, please. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there are no excuses, right? I mean, that's the whole that's the no. whole thing. And your consistency shows that. But let me ask you this, Tommy. I know that you. You talk a lot. I know you read a lot and, um, you know, you do a lot of research. You're a business guy. You know, you like to be better and become better and learn. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? What would you say? You know, honestly, man, and that's a tough one probably. Well, I tell you what, I think the best advice I've received is be your authentic self and leave yourself out of it and be 100% interested in your client. And then the second part, the best advice that I'll add to that, I'll call that part two for that advice because I really believe this is become the broker that your ideal client admires. If you are struggling and you're like, man, I, I don't know why, I just can't get people on the phone with me or I don't know why, I've met with this, I've, I've contacted this person, finally got on the phone with them. They still, for whatever reason, won't work with me. 
you know, ask yourself this. Are you, would you work with you? Would you buy from you? Um, are you, I mean, let's be honest. Are you the type of broker that that particular company admires? And, you know, if you're not, maybe the next time you get the full rejection and you have nothing to lose, here's a suggestion. Say, hey, you know, I really appreciate you being straight with me. And before I get off the phone with you and never bother you again, <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question. Oh, what's that? Um, what is it that you admire about your broker? Yeah. And, and this is a personal development question. I need to know for myself because, you know, in my mind, I should be working with you. But for some reason, I'm not that guy right now. And I want to be that person. Please tell me what it is you admire. Uh, you think of how much humility it takes to do that. So first oh, of all, have some humility. Yeah. Right. You know, these people, if you ask them, they will tell you what they admire. And then you can take copious notes and pay attention and, you know, become the broker that your ideal clients admire. I love that. That's awesome. Take that in all aspects of your life. Yeah, for sure. Your people, aren't, your people aren't liking you. Become the man or woman they admire. Your friends are sour become the friend that you're you know yeah. your kids some for whatever reason are happy become the daddy or mommy your your like see what i mean yeah. this, this is this is across the board yeah and you have to be willing to change right you have to look at yourself and say hey man where can i get better and you know ask for that feedback like you're saying takes humility but sometimes you got to do it so tommy talking about your particular industry and would you consider your your industry it's pretty niche within the larger benefits marketplace right what what right very sorry niche. i'll let you answer that first yeah, yeah. very niche yeah. i'm glad i mean i'm glad you said large group market because um i tell you this every broker i've worked with and we've worked on a group that would be considered a large group in the major medical world right we all know what happens with the large group the rfp process it is tumultuous right yep. I mean, that just just the whole act of getting RFPs out. Then when you get all the information back, you need somebody to put it on a spreadsheet. Yep. Then if you're smart, you got to get to know all the underwriting promotions, underwriting guidelines, carrier spiffs. You know, once you know all that, then you got to build out this matrix that shows the group, hey, if you got this many enrolled, here's what the promotion will do. And here's what this will look like. Then you got to play the game where you pit the carriers against each other and make each one think that they're the only, you know, the only person in the room. And, you know, you you know, you play all these games and then before you know it, nine months later, you're going all through all that again. And it's part of the job. Some people enjoy that. Um, I will say this in our niche, you know, there's industries we work with where they have hundreds of employees. Okay. These are staffing companies, uh, cannabis, trucking, home health care, assisted living, um, janitorial, trucking. Um, you know, to think of all of these industries that have you know, restaurants, hospitality, hotel, they have hundreds of employees. I, you know, I, I love asking a rhetorical question every time we get done working, working a group. You know, in fact, we just got a, a, a 350 life group in the door. Guess what? From the time that we talked to the group, it only took a week and a half to get them implemented. It is so easy to work with us. It's so easy to set up the communication to these employees because we have our, we have a turnkey solution that won't cost the broker any money. I even have Right now, I'm running a pilot program. I've developed a really nice relationship with a particular enrollment firm. Right now, I'm running a pilot program where I'm actually paying the enrollment company on behalf of the brokers, right? So I'm making this turnkey solution, and I'm talking I'm talking text message and email marketing out to the employees, bilingual call center, platform, electronic file sent directly from them 
to us so that the group gets implemented. Uh, we, I mean, we make it very, very easy to work with us. And again, I, I love asking after it's done. Like I was up in Sacramento um, with, with a broker. He, he wrote that, that big 350 life group. And I went up there to spend some time with him and he's just sitting in the golf cart, just laughing and goes, man, I tell you, bro, that last 200 life group I wrote in the large group, it had, it was just night and day yep. compared to the, my experience with you. And not to mention, I know we're not here on the front end for the money, but let's be honest, everybody, you're not a nonprofit. It's important to make your business lucrative. Our solutions, once you're done taking care of everybody and everyone's all set, well, the commission comes last. And I haven't had one broker upset about how well we pay um, for offering our solutions. Our products are very lucrative and it's a great way to um, increase your agency revenue. Absolutely. You want to talk a little more about the product itself? Sure. So oh, minimum more. essential. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So minimum essential coverage. I mean, here's a, here's a good way to look at it. We all, we all know what a major medical plan looks like, especially in a quoting system, right? It's got your basic services on top. And then below that, it starts saying what the plan covers, hospitalization, outpatient surgery, infertility, you know, yada, yada. A minimum essential coverage plan is everything on top. So if you look at my most robust MEC plan, you're going to get a PPO network. In fact, all my MEC plans are on a national PPO network, hundreds of thousands of doctors in every state. So you can go literally to any doctor you want for your preventative and wellness. If you're on my most robust plan, you get platinum level copays. You get $15 copays for uh, in-person doctor visits, uh, specialist visits. You get $50 copays for urgent care, lab and x-ray, also on that PPO network. Um, you get mental and behavioral health visits via telemedicine and teledoc. And uh, we have anywhere from two-tier to, to four-tier uh, prescription drug programs. We have no deductibles on our plans. They're all first dollar copay benefits. Our lowest cost plan is $45 and our most expensive plan is $125. I mean, it's less than half of someone's contribution on a bronze plan. Yep. And, you know, let, let, let's be real, Mike, you, you, you've been, you know, I know, I know you run a, a big firm, you've got a, a big book, a commercial, but you've, you've really gotten well-versed in the benefit space since, since I've met you, you've, you've really, you, you're, you kind of know how to wear both hats on any day. I know you can handle yourself very well. So, you know, this with all the groups that you have is, you know, when you go into open enrollments, you already kind of know that, man, I bet about 80% of these people don't even use the insurance. Plan. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I know. Right. And the ones that do most of them, they only use those acute services that are represented on my mech plan. Right. You know, so the question becomes, well, Tommy, what about that one catastrophic, you know, well, here's the answer to that. These employees that we're talking to or talking about these industries that we're talking about, these folks don't have a major medical plan in place anyway. Right. So if they have something catastrophic, let's be real. What happens? They go to a hospital, they have to be taken in and they're going to leave there with, a 100% non-discounted hospital bill. Whereas you have them enrolled on a program like mine, you can have any one of my MEC plans. You know, you could have my $125 MEC plan, my $43 hospital indemnity plan, and that hospital indemnity plan, it's on the same PPO network as my MEC plan. What does that mean to the employee when they go to the hospital? Well, it's already discounted. So whatever happens at that hospital, they're coming in on that PPO network. They're getting the PPO uh, rates for all the services that that national PPO network has negotiated with the hospital. So 
hands down, they're already getting a lower hospital bill. But then now we already know these folks are probably living paycheck to paycheck. Exactly. Their, their income is going to be interrupted. You know, it's nice to get a few thousand dollars uh, in the mail after a hospital confinement yeah. or an outpatient surgery. Right. Oh, yeah. And so these, these these are really meant to, you know, give these folks, you know, again, quality to, you know, access to quality care. Right. Just because it's not a fully insured medical plan doesn't mean it's not a high quality plan. I mean, remember, my plans are on a national PPO network. That means that in that hospital indemnity plan is, too. So that means you can go to just about any hospital, get the care that you're comfortable with from there and um, reap the rewards, you know, from the plan design. Yeah, I think something you said, man, it's something we spoke about before we started recording. It's not you know, you're not looking to replace major medical plans. I mean, you're looking to, no, yeah. No. I mean, what you're looking for the people that, you know, these are people that are, don't have any medical coverage. They probably can't afford it. Um, they're being underserved in the medical community or their healthcare is underserved. Right. They feel yeah. like, thank you for saying that. Is that right? Yeah. So I, am I right no, no, you're, you're, you're spot on there, Mike. In fact, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I know I just got done, you know, kind of talking about all these brokers I work with and all the business I write. One thing I didn't mention is the business I don't write. Um, I am very happy to walk away from a group if I see that the broker is is really deliberately trying to replace a major medical plan with one of my plans. Let me be clear. Our plan should never replace a major medical plan. In fact, that snake oil comment I made earlier about how mechs were perceived back yeah. in 2014. Yeah. They deserved that reputation because, I mean, I won't right. put the carrier out on blast here, but, right. you know, there is a certain carrier that was training brokers, the talk tracks and training them to come in and replace this plan. And all they were doing is turning these brokers into the status quo commodity peddler, yep. just coming with what looks like the cheapest. And what happened? Some of these employees started like, you know, trying to use hospital services, yep. not yep. understanding that these plans didn't cover that. And they became, you know, very big problems happened. And of course, the brokers look bad and the broker blames the carrier. Everyone's blaming each other. And now all of a sudden, no one wants anything to do with these plans. Yep. And the whole thing that started that was because they were positioned incorrectly. Exactly. You know, so our, our plans should be positioned. I'll tell you right now who should who should see our plans. Uh, for the full-time employees, everybody who opted out of the major medical plan. Absolutely. They should be given an opportunity to look at ours if they opted out of that. Yep. Then, then next in line, the part-timers and the seasonal and the variable hour employees, for sure. But anybody that's full-time eligible, that makes a decent salary, that can afford a major medical plan, they really shouldn't see these plans. Yeah, see, that's awesome, Tommy. Thanks for sharing that. So that leads me to my next question. This is a good one. What is the biggest, what's the biggest misconception you would say about your industry? Or I could say our industry, but in this case, your industry. The biggest, wow, there, you know, there's a couple. I mean, because a misconception leads to barriers to entry, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll kind of maybe I'll, you know, reel me back in if I've kind of pivoted away. But, you know, for me, the misconception about a MEC plan, first and foremost, is I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a broker, BOR, a cannabis company that, that we have in force. And this guy's a PNC guy. And he knows a little bit about major medical. And he he saw our plan designs and his comment, oh, man, I couldn't in good conscience offer one of these plans. And, and I was like, wait a minute, you couldn't in good conscience? What, what's the problem with your conscience? 
Actually, let me ask you a better question. Who exactly are you imagining you're talking about these plans to? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, he mentioned all the executives at that company, the ones that were on the Blue Shield plan. They weren't even on my plan. I go, well, you're on the right track, sir, because you should never position these products to those folks. Right. So in good conscience, I wouldn't either. So I commend you for that. But, you know, who you do want to get these in front of is all the folks that couldn't take the major medical plan because in good conscience, don't you want them to have something if they couldn't afford to have this? Well, yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, the misconception is usually he, he, here's really the barrier of entry. It comes from this, Mike. And, and, and you can probably agree with this because I, I worked with, I've been working with you since I was a carrier rep and, yep. and we, we've done a lot of business together, yep. you know, in most of your career, you've never, you, you know, aside from the last, company you and I got to help together with my solution. And we did a very good job for them, by the way. Right. Excellent job. Um, aside from that, Excellent job. you know, most benefit brokers, they're working with white collar to upper middle class companies. They never really fall into a scenario where they need to understand penalty A, yeah. penalty B. They don't need to understand or even care for groups out of compliance because the group's already checking the A and B box because they've offered a major medical plan to everybody. But you know what? We're not talking about XYZ software company here. We're not talking about, you know, all of these companies that, you know, up in the Bay Area where they're like 90% contribution to the employee and family. And, you know, everybody's enrolling on this major medical plan. That's not who we're talking about. The misconception here is that, you know, MEC plans are a scam, you know, MEC plans. Oh, and another misconception is the commission. Uh, how am I supposed to make a living on a $45 plan? Well, that's a great question. Let me break down the commission for you. And now let's look at this group. And oh, look, you blanket enrolled 150 people on this plan. Now ask me how the commissions look. Well, Tommy, <laughs> I, I think they're actually outpacing the commissions on the folks that I have in the major medical plan. Uh, uh, probably about four, three or four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, I'll tell you. Uh, Seriously, though. Apples to apples. We, I, I'm, I'm 3Xing and 4Xing commissions on groups and, and it's organic. So let me give you an example is I can help any broker that has a decent sized book of business organically grow their revenue without having to write new business. Example is work with the printing company. They have over 200 employees for five years. This agency only had the seven key people on a blue shield trio plan. It was the bottom of the barrel, uh, yeah. you know, less expensive plan in the market. Question was, what are we doing with these other people? Fast forward, at the end of the open enrollment, we got 87 out of these 200 people enrolled on our on our most robust uh, MEC plan. And then 23 of them ended up taking the dental and vision. And that agency drove in an extra $26,000 in revenue. Now, they could have done this five years ago because they had that group for five years. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know, so the most important part of that was we were able to be a better value to that company than the broker initially was because the broker wasn't coming with this. And so being a value to the company was great. Now, what the value to the broker was is not taxing his account management team with an enrollment like this. You know, the way our company's built, again, I mentioned earlier how important I believe it is to really look at the end user and reverse engineer your process and make sure that you're here to serve the end user. So for us, the end users, the employer and the employee, actually the employee first, then the employer. So, you know, our back end is set up so well. 
Our customer service is here. We take phone calls from the East Coast to the West Coast. So we've got people here from 545 to 6 p.m. every day. We're bilingual. So um, our back end handles everything, eligibility, billing, you know, doctor lookups, you know, anything under the sun that you would normally call a carrier or even call the account management team. Um, we do a really good job of helping these employers understand how easy it, uh, it is to work with us. And so when you're writing, you know, you're putting these big numbers and getting 87 people enrolled on a plan. Um, we really do all the heavy lifting on that. And, that's and huge. it works very that's huge, well. Man. It, it's a, it's that can really bog down a broker, an agency. Account. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. That will keep you from continuing to move forward, you know. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, another thing that a lot of brokers don't understand, Mike, and I talked to you about this a couple of weeks ago, um, is that there is a solution now for 1099 groups. Um, a lot of major medical, in fact, every major medical carrier is out of the 1099 game. There is one up and coming kind of techie kind of company that's uh, positioning themselves as the 1099 saviors. They, they, they do a pretty good job with their marketing and I've seen their stuff. Um, they're, they're, you know, they, they've got a good niche. It's 1099. We also solve for 1099. So, you know, if, if you have a group where you haven't been able to help them because they're 1099, well, the second thing that would usually make a broker kind of throw the white flag up and say, I can't help you. Let's say that let's say they do find a 1099 solution. Well, then the company comes back and says, yeah, well, we don't want to run this through payroll. Can you solve for individual billing? A lot of times, bro. Oh, man, I thought we got this far. And now, geez, I, I, I can't solve for that. Well, you can here. I've got uh, multiple vendors we work with that either do the individual billing by itself or I've got enrollment companies that will do the enrollment, do the benefit counseling, the portal, the eligibility, all of that, plus do the individual billing. Now, a package like that comes with a fee, you know, and that's okay, right? Because <laughs> hey, man, nothing's that's free, you got it. Hey, man. right? That's the cost of doing business. It is. You know, but, uh, you know, I had a, a 400 plus life group come through that needed that type of service. They needed that enrollment firm that did the individual billing, the call center, you know, all, all that all in one. And um, the setup went great. And so we solved for that. So I think a lot of folks really believe that 1099 opportunities need to be, you know, casted aside. They don't. I've asked you a couple tough questions, man. So I'm going to give you some easy ones now. How's that sound? <laughs> all right. Well, Tommy can answer. Yes, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy's on point. So what are you most excited about, man, about the industry? Where, where, where do you think it's going? I mean, I know you have a lot of excitement. I see, you know, I see it on your videos and the education that you're putting out and, you know, in the gym every morning, feeling good, man. But what are you most excited about? Let's say three, five years down the road. Um, well, first of all, I'm excited of the vision I see our company at for sure. Number one, but that, that, you know, that was, you know, the selfish side. I'll tell you, you know, broad global, like yeah. industry wise. Yeah. I'm excited on how much opportunity there is to be of maximum value to people. There is so much stuff changing daily. There's so much technology coming in and disrupting, you know, right when some piece of tech came in that everyone's gravitating to some entrepreneur that's not even in the benefit space figures out some piece of technology and comes in and now they're disrupting. It's crazy. Right. You know, you've got, you got, you know, HRIS platforms, You've got different types of digital agencies out there. You know, you got like Gusto, Rippling, Zenefits, um, you know, you know, folks like that. Um, you've got these different HRS platforms. You've got now you've got all these like plug in type of wellness 
type of things. You've got these companies that uh, I was just on a, on a call with this company. They're on the East Coast. And, you know, for these very large companies, they can kind of plug in and and help people, um, you know, pick the best surgeons and get second opinions and like all these different plugins that add value. Um, there's just so many things that, you know, I think back in the day, you know, we had a pretty tight fence inside inside the employee benefit space. You know, the, the world of the RAFs, right? Yeah. You know, the rate adjustment factors. It was like, hey, you know, the, the the old school benefit brokers that had the relationships with the sales reps and the underwriters and the carriers, they were the ones that would probably win the business from the person that didn't because they could get that carrier to drop the RAF for a group when the other broker had no clout and they couldn't do that. That's also back in the day where you can send mass faxes out and actually get people filling out group apps and sending them back to you. Those days are mm. over, you know, those days are over. So um, what, what I'm excited about is where technology is going. I'm just, I'm really excited for all these disruptions. And um, I think that everybody listening, I would get excited too, because, you know, the reason I'm excited is because I made the decision to stay current with this stuff. So I'm not scared of it. You know, I think fear is generated from lack of preparation. And I'll tell you, there is such thing as luck. And luck happens when you have preparation met with opportunity. You know, so there's plenty of luck to be had. But the question is, are you prepared? You know, it doesn't take much to carve time out of your week to make sure you're figuring out not only what your competitors are doing, but, you know, look at the landscape. It's huge. Man. You know, like, yeah, like, like virtually you know, plug into one of these expos that have all these different people in the industries coming in because you're going to learn something that you need to know. You're going to need to know who are the up and comers. And and really, I mean, let's be clear. You need to know who's coming for your book of business because they're coming. They're so true. It's so right? true they're man. coming. And that's just, and I think you make a good point, just business in general. You're not even employee benefits or PNC or insurance. I mean, just in general, having your head in the sand, you know, when changes are happening and not, and, you know, equating it to being, you know, I don't like change. That's where people say, Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not big on change. You know, well, <laughs> it's going to pass you by, man. And you're going to be left holding nothing. So yeah, absolutely. You know, you are, be aware, you are, educate you know yourself, what? follow it. That's right. Somebody who's tech savvy, sophisticated, you know what they're going to do to this client you think so loyal Exactly. They're going to become the broker that that client now admires because yep. that broker came in with the new. That broker came in with two things. That broker was smart enough to understand that person's business, ask all the right questions and all the right orders, develop an acumen for that person's business that gave that person the confidence to lean in and go, wow, this person really understands my business. Oh, yeah, we got that box check. Next thing is now this person's bringing all these kind of new high technology approaches to the benefits. And you know what? My HR gal, she's my key employee or my HR guy. They're my key employee. They're so much happier because all this work got taken off their plate because the tech resources that were brought in really took that work off. And now they're happier. And I need my key employees to be happier. You know, and then here you go. You got that stubborn, antiquated person that doesn't want to change. I said this earlier. The industrial age is over. Get over it and then get into it. And, and please, if you think I'm calling you out, don't even take it that way. I'm calling you in. Yep. All right. Don't take this as a call out. I'm calling you in and I'm calling you up. You know, yep. the, the, there, there's no excuse to not know 
you know, what's current out there. And there's no excuse to not be of absolute value. I mean, information is at our fingertips. Uh, I think the worst thing is for the person you're going to talk to, to know more about your product than you do. Ooh, and they don't can. ever let that And happen. they can. They, they can, they can go on their smartphone 15 minutes before yep. they see you and then ask you rhetorical questions yep. and you better get them right. Exactly. Um, all right, brother. Well, Hey, wrapping up, you know, we're the team business podcast. So we always like to wrap up with a little sports theme. What's your sport, man? Tell us a little bit about your sport. Who's your team? Who are you rooting for? All right. So, um, well, first and foremost, you know, um, a lot of people might think this is a little juvenile immature. So I'm going to tell everybody here that when I was three years old, I got my first skateboard. <laughs> yep. And that was my first love. Yep. And you know, I just recently posted a picture on my Instagram and Facebook of me on that skateboard at three years old. And you know, I've always loved skateboarding. I, 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 but I played a lot of basketball growing up and soccer. And I, you know, I was, I started on all my teams and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, I, I'm a skateboarder and I also love downhill mountain biking. I love boxing. I love full contact. I love impact. I love adrenaline. Um, I love camaraderie. I love competition. Um, but, but when I was five years old, the sports teams I picked and I've never deviated. And this is weird being a guy from Orange County, California, where you're supposed to be a Laker. You're supposed to be a Raider. You're supposed to be a whatever. You know, I'm the guy who picked the Boston Celtics, and I still love Larry Bird to this day. Um, I picked the Oakland A's, and I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, currently, I'm not the best sports fan. Um, you know, I work a lot, and when I get home, I don't like to rob my kids of the TV because they're watching all their Fortnites and their Roblox and, <laughs> you know, all these things that, you know, I, hey, I, I'm starting to understand them a little bit, you know, because I need to understand these things. I need to see what the heck these adults are doing with my children with these games and make sure that they're just games. And so, you know, uh, I haven't really been the best sports fan, Mike, and honestly, you know, you're going to be very mad at me. I never picked a hockey team. Yeah, man, we got to get you on a hockey team. Yeah, we do. I mean, I honestly, you know, one thing that you and I need to do, and I hope we get to, would you just take me to a professional hockey game? Yeah. I've never been to one. We're going to go to a And you know game. where else I've never been? I've never been to a professional football game. Are you serious? I've never been to a hockey game or a football game. Really? Well, I've been to the X games. Yeah, no, and it's I love your videos, man, of you in the in the uh, bowl skating. In the bowl. Yeah, I still I skate with some of the pro skaters that you know. If if you knew about skateboarding in the eighties and all the magazines, I skate with those guys on Saturdays. Yeah, you know, I see the videos, man. It's awesome. Yeah, have fun, dude. I don't but, know how you, you know, do that. How you still drop in and stuff like that, man? That's crazy. Well, it's just because I've been doing it my whole life, and hey, believe me, I take big slams. I'm not a small guy either. You know me. I'm not a small guy. When I slam, I hear all the young kids all at one time go, ooh. You know, it's like that, ooh, you're too old for that, ooh. You know, but, um, hey, I, I love it. Um, I, you know, I'll tell you this. I'm not ever ashamed to, you know, a lot of times when you're around the circles, you know me, I, I'm on kind of this side. So I'm always traveling around and I'm, I'm uh, you know, just cultivating and maintaining relationships and seeing all my friends. And I tell you, I'm the guy at the table when everyone's talking about sports stats, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, because I don't know the current sports. Yeah, stats, no, you know, it, it takes a lot of time, you know? man, to, to watch it. It really does. But I will, yeah, it does. It takes a ton of time. And I've been watching like the NHL playoffs, but you know the Celtics are in the NBA Finals. And, uh, yeah, yeah, which is 
Well, I know that's that. All, yeah, you know yeah. that. But yeah, we got to get you on a, on a get you to a hockey game, man. I think you you should root for the Kings. You don't have any. You know what, man? You have Pittsburgh, I'll Boston. You have Newark. Yeah, we got to get a little SoCal in you, man. Who's your hockey team? Well, I grew up a New Jersey Devils fan because I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. But since I moved out west 21 years ago, I've adopted the King. I, I watch the Kings most. So then we're going to a I'm Kings, an LA game. Kings guy, bro. It. I don't. I don't like the Ducks. Not a big Ducks guy. You know? See, I grew up in Orange County. Everyone was a Duck. Um, you know, the most I've done is watch concerts there. You know, when they cover the ice up and Metallica comes into town or the Eagles or uh, what was the last concert I went there was uh, where the Ducks played? Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I I was backstage, had dinner with them. Oh, I'm friends with the production manager. Yeah, I'm friends with their production manager. So, yeah. Oh, uh, man, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I sat right next to – right next to – uh, uh, Crosby and man, we had dinner and chopped it up and, um, you know, they took me out there and I got to see all their acoustic guitars and I play, so I could appreciate their guitars and I got to hear some, some personal stories on each guitar. It was just, it was amazing, but man, can I, if I could just go to that place and actually see a hockey game. Yeah, let's go. Know, we'll go. I'd, we'll go next season. Yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. 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 Your people all know you're a hockey fan. I mean, yeah, they do. you're, you're in this man. Your kids are in it. Yep. You know, you're heavily involved. I love seeing your stuff, Mike. Yeah, I mean, my son. You, you were kinda... but I got to say, man, my son loves skateboarding. He skateboard. I got to tell you about that, but he skateboards every day. Yeah, and you know, that's right. He loves uh, you know, I forgot that I knew that. I forgot that I knew that. You might have to have Uncle Tommy come out to a yeah. skate park and roll around. You got to show that guy what's up. Well, you know, kids <laughs> like that. When a kid sees an older guy doing it, it just it it it, it lights up. In fact, that's what happened to me. Uh, my dad had a friend uh, come to our house from church. And I'm three years old, and I've got this wooden skateboard with clay wheels. And his, I'll never forget him. His name's Mel. He takes me out front, and he starts tic-tacking on the skateboard. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Like, first of all, I'm like this giant man, and he's jumping on my skateboard, and he's making it do things that I did. It just, like, it, it was the best thing I ever saw. And it was so cool to see an older guy do it. You know, it yeah. just. No, my son, he'll tell me, like, when an older guy shows up. And then I'll always ask him, like, oh, well, how old was he? Would you say he was? Oh, like 35 or something. I'm like, dude, that's – then I'm thinking, man, he must really think I'm old, man, you know? No doubt. You know, I skate – you know, at my spot, you know, all those old pros from the 80s, you know, I'm, I'm 49. I'm sniffing 50. You know, these guys are 53, 55, and, and skating like they're 25, you know, and the young guys love it because it really inspires them. Yeah, you know, it goes it to show them. you, too, that you could skate – for a long time like it's not just for young for the youth yeah it, it's not you know if you love it like like you know anything that makes you feel good do it you know yeah. if, if it's not the cool thing who cares it's if it if it makes you feel good it's cool we'll leave it on that man i love that quote so guys thank you again for listening in on the team business podcast this was team business episode number 39 with the one and the only tommy gaffney tommy thanks so much man hey mike i love being on here thank you long time coming and uh Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, man. And I, I can't wait to come see you soon. Yeah, I know you're a busy guy, man. So thanks for breaking out, taking the time and making it happen. And yeah, man, we'll get together Appreciate soon. It. We'll have to do some buds and a uh, little Louisiana barbecue. I was about to say, there has to be barbecue involved. You know this already. <laughs> we'll do it. Good seeing you, bro. All right. Thanks again. All right. You too, man. <laughs>